You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hey, step parents. With the academic school year already upon us, many step parents worry about how to set their stepchild up for success. And to help with that concern, by providing actionable tips and strategies, we are thrilled to be joined by Dominic Paterano, aka Dr. P, of Crimson Coaching to discuss academic success. We cover how Dr. P got to this work, her teaching philosophy, her observations of students whose parents are still together versus students whose parents are divorced, and how to set children from blended families or co-parenting situations up for academic success. Dr. P has extensive knowledge of and experience in the arena of education. Her love and passion for helping students of all ages and abilities access and crush their educational goals is instantly palpable. Grab a seat, take a load off, and listen in as these strategies are sure to ease your worries while setting your child up for a successful school year. It's well worth a listen. And now it's my pleasure to introduce to you Dominique Pritorano, aka Dr. P, who loves helping students of all ages fulfill their academic and personal goals. President and founder of Crimson Coaching, Dr. P herself personally tutors students in history, English, Spanish, French, math, and study time management and organizational skills. She also prepares them for tests like the SAT and ACT and coaches them through the college application process. Essays that students have written under Dr. P's guidance have earned them admission to Harvard, Princeton, Stanford, and other top universities, as well as scholarships totaling more than $1 million. Also, adjunct professor of U.S. history at the City University of New York and a published author, Dr. P's currently writing a memoir of her time as an undergraduate at Harvard. Find the show notes for this episode at synergisticstepparenting.com forward slash 52. Here we go. Hey, Dr. P, welcome to the show. It's so great to be speaking with you. We're really excited for this very necessary conversation. And with the academic school year literally upon us any moment now, <laughs> this is awesome to give all of our listeners time to prepare and give them some really great tips to set them up for academic success and help them to support their kids to do so. So let's just dive right in. Can you share a little bit about what brought you to this path of teaching and tutoring and all the things you're up to now? Sure. It's so great to be here, Maria. Thanks for having me on. You know, I like to share the story also because a lot of times students get out of college and they think they need to know exactly what it is that they are doing. And my path shows that you can have no idea and still wind up with a really fulfilling career. So I always had tutored as a junior high and high school student and through college. But when I got to Harvard, there was really no career counseling there. So I floundered for a couple of years doing different things after college. And then finally, my mom had said, hey, you've always been a tutor. Why don't you think about teaching? So I did. I, I got my teaching license and actually taught in the classroom for 10 years. But things began to get a little stale by about year 10. And I wanted a new challenge. And so I went back to my first love working one on one with students in 2014, when I founded Crimson Coaching. And I've been doing that ever since. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> that's, that's so, so cool. And your students are so lucky to have found such a phenomenal resource in you. What is your teaching philosophy? My teaching philosophy is really that every student can learn. And it's almost like a puzzle. Every puzzle has different pieces. So it's really the educator's job in concert with the parent and the child themselves to figure out how best to put all those pieces together. So I look at a child really holistically from, are they sleeping enough? Are they eating right? The physical body, those needs need to be met. And then are the emotional and psychological needs being met? The pandemic, as I'm sure you know, created a lot of anxiety and depression amongst kids. You're not going to learn to your fullest capability if you're anxious and depressed. And then after that, once those basic needs are met, then looking up to the more intellectual needs. Some students need some more note-taking. Some students need to be talked to more. Some students need visual aids. So really, the great working one-on-one with kids is that I'm able to really fine-tune my approach because every child is different. That is amazing. And I'm so glad and excited that you brought up the critical importance of essentially social emotional well being, and that that is really the first step to any sort of learning, that none of the academic learning can happen without that, because that's a huge passion of mine. And I'm a big proponent of getting the word out about that. And I love that you brought that up. Thank you. We touched on this a little bit, but have you noticed any difference in the classroom among the students you tutor privately between young people whose parents remain together and those who have separated or divorced? I definitely have noticed, especially like say if the child is in the throes of a divorce, there's unfortunately a lot of sort of social emotional stress for many kids, not all. You know, some, some parents, I'm sure, address those needs with either a therapist or other support systems, and that's great. I remember when I started teaching way back in 1997, I did notice back then they often tracked students to have gifted and talented or honors classes and then non-honors or quote quote, regular classes. And I actually noticed that in the gifted and talented classes, there were hardly any children from divorced homes. And, you know, this was just a regular public high school in in New York, the quote unquote regular classes, there were many more students. I'm not saying that's a causal relationship. It could be just that when there are two parents at home, there's one pushing for that kid to get into those gifted and talented classes. Doesn't mean that those kids are necessarily any smarter, but maybe there's just more time resources to be spent on that child. But that is definitely one difference that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. It makes perfect sense that, like you said, there would be maybe more possibly resources, maybe even financial resources, but certainly when it comes to energy and time. And also I would imagine possibly consistency plays into it, which brings us to my next question. What are your best tips, strategies, tools, resources, what have you to help parents and families that are blended families and families where there is divorce and maybe the kid is spending their time between households and the parents are co-parenting and maybe there's also step parents in the picture and other caregivers. How can all of these adults and caregivers set the children up for academic success? That's a great question. So if they're working with a tutor like me, I would say, and this is coming from firsthand experience of a child who I worked with for over two years, he was going back and forth between mom's house and dad's house. And 
I would say his challenges weren't necessarily just that the parents were divorced. I also think that the parents themselves might have been a little disorganized. So that probably exacerbated the going back and forth between two houses. But I would say you want to make sure at both houses, there's a desk, there are pens and pencils, and that the child has lighting and a chair and also can be tutored in a room where the door can be closed, especially when there are younger siblings in the house. This student that I'm referring to was constantly being interrupted by his younger sister, who was adorable. Don't get me wrong. She was cute, but she was very distracting. And the student already had ADHD. Mm -hmm. So that made it all the more difficult for him. The next thing you might want to think about is getting two sets of books, one for each household. Because if the child, especially a kid who may have ADHD, is the one who's going to be responsible for bringing the books back and forth between the houses, that doesn't often happen. And then the tutor is sprung on them at the last minute that the student doesn't have their books. And I work with my students virtually. So if I was in the student's present physical presence, I would just share my book with the kid. But if I'm working virtually, that's now impossible. So it's really important that the student have all the materials they need at both houses. The second, I think, tip would be about communication with the tutor. So if the child is going to have tutoring sessions at both homes, then I think both sets of parents, as well as step parents, need to be on any email thread or scheduling thread, however the appointments get made. Everybody needs to know Matthew has his appointment at four at dad's house on Thursday, whatever it is, because another issue I had was a lot of missed appointments. And I'm usually flexible the first time that happens, but then the family starts to get charged for that session because if the student misses their appointment, I have now just lost that money. And so I think in order to not just save the family money, but also to make sure that the child is making consistent progress towards his or her academic goals, communication with the tutor and sets of materials at both houses is the bare minimum that should be done. And then on top of that, of course, hopefully regular check-ins with the tutor. I have a system where I have a goal tracker that's shared with as many people as they want to be on that. And the step parents could totally be added to that Google Doc and just checking in regularly with the tutor to make sure, for instance, maybe Matthew didn't do his homework. And maybe there needs to be more communication with the child on that. So those are my three tips. Those are fantastic tips. Thank you so much for sharing that. I can definitely see how all of those things, even though they seem kind of obvious, they might not instantly come to mind just with all of the chaos that everybody is up against on an everyday basis, or they just think it's going to work itself out. But you're so right that just making it a point to, to go through that checklist and ensure that all of those things are happening, like the email thread and everyone's on the same page and then with possibly even reminders set in their phones, hopefully, right. and also having the conversations with the tutor and having regular check-ins, because I think that you're right. It's an opportunity to ensure 
that everyone is on the same page, that they are seeing the same things, that everybody is sort of collaboratively moving towards the direction of the goals, as opposed to having some things get missed and somebody is not aware. For example, the parents aren't aware that, oh, at each time it's like a session on the spot and it's <laughs> drinking from a fire hose, as opposed to yeah. actually preparing and <laughs> consistently doing the work in between the sessions to move things forward, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I, I so see how that would be really important, really beneficial not only from an efficiency standpoint, but even a financial standpoint as well. And then certainly just primarily reaching the goals that everybody would like to see reached. Absolutely. And you know, when it works, it's great. And this student, he was very lucky because his parents were in the tutoring for the long haul. And Matthew is not his real name, by the way. <laughs> he wound up being, I uh, first met him when he was in seventh grade at a school for students with disabilities. And he was four grade levels behind in math. We not only got him up to seventh grade grade level by the end of school year. So in a about nine months, he then was able to enter into a school for mainstream students. And I last checked in with his mom. He's no longer my student, but I do check in with mom every six months or so. And he's now getting 80s and 90s in regular algebra which is so wonderful. And that's such a a self-esteem boost for the child too, because this was a child who was always told he was dumb. Mm -hmm. And that breaks my heart. And it kind of goes back to my original teaching philosophy part where every child can learn. The right pieces just need to be put into place. And once they are, they can achieve the sky's the limit. I agree with you. You're spot on. And it's so wonderful that your students get to benefit from your expertise because it's a quicker way to get to know themselves and what they need. And I'm sure you could spot it right away because you know the options and because you probably know the signs to look for, but it's a huge undertaking that I know I struggled into adulthood and I was wanting to find the solution. And through many painstaking years of doing it the wrong way and being frustrated and overwhelmed and all nighters and all the wrong things, did I finally arrive at it? But some people they never quite find what their optimal working needs and and criteria are. And it's such a shame because the truth is that growth and flexibility and all of that is required of us in life, no matter what we pursue. I would say just in general life, never mind in academics or career or those kinds Absolutely. of things that are important. And so learning that and finding that out about yourself just cuts you so much time, effort, energy, and years of frustration and stress. So that's just so wonderful. And thank you for touching on that. But I wanted to really make sure to highlight that because I know I've seen it with schools. I've worked in the school setting a little, I've worked with kids on the autism spectrum and kids with other needs. And my kiddo has chronic PTSD. So that's been a host of its own things, but in the essence, all of it is the same, which is that they have specific needs and it's about cracking that code and discovering what are the tools and the resources that they can rely on consistently to deliver results and set themselves up for success and also feel empowered that they can't do it because I agree that everybody can. It's just a matter of getting to those answers, finding those things out. Absolutely. And success builds on success. So when they achieve, you know, they can bring some of the tools to the next challenge and maybe the next challenge is slightly different, but now they have the self-confidence to know, Hey, I dealt with that challenge of getting up in grade level in math. I can deal with the next challenge too. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. And I love that you say that because literally we've lived that with my step kiddo over and over again. And mm-hmm. I always pointed out like, you can totally do this because you've already done this and this and this and this. And she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> 
So it's true. Time tested. (laughs) I've seen proof of that in real life myself. So that's awesome. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing all of these wonderful insights and tips and strategies. And thank you for your time. Where can people find all about you and what you're up to? Well, if they'd like to check out my website, which is www.crimsoncoaching.com. I've got a lot of resources, a blog, as well as free classes and talks they can attend. And most of those classes are still virtual, believe it or not. And they're paid for by the libraries. So the families can register for free for almost all of them, which is great. And then if they do have a specific question, they can email me at info at crimsoncoaching.com. And I'm happy to give parents a half hour complimentary consultation if they have a quick question about their child and are thinking about any kind of coaching, I'd be happy to talk to them about it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. We'll be sure to put all of those links in the show notes so anybody can easily find you. And again, just thank you for your time and for doing the wonderful work that you do. And thank you for your work too, Maria. (laughs) It's so unique and really needed. Thank you very much. Talk soon. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this deep dive into the needs, contributing factors, and strategies for how to set your child or stepchild up for success. Dr. P has a wonderful ability to clearly identify and directly convey the many factors that contribute to a child's ability to achieve academic success. To recap, we discussed Dr. P's journey to becoming a tutor and coach, her teaching philosophy, the difference between students of divorced parents versus whose parents are together, and setting a child from a blended family or co-parenting situation up for academic success. It's clear Dr. P is knowledgeable, passionate, and skilled at making education accessible to all students. She obviously loves to support individuals in unlocking their optimal toolkit for learning, a necessary life skill. Dr. P has a ton of resources on her website, including free classes and seminars, and she is willing to offer you a free 30-minute consult if you have any questions about tutoring for your child. Find the links for all of that in the show notes under links to Dr. P. Of course, I have some action items for you. If you're interested in learning more about Dr. P's work, check out her website and her vast resources that are available on there, including her blog articles. She is such a wealth of information. If you have any questions or concerns about your child's needs, go ahead and grab that 30-minute consult with her. I'm sure you'll get a ton of value from it and clear steps to move towards your goals. Heard something in the episode that surprised you or had a major aha moment? Tell me all about it through a DM on LinkedIn at Synergistic Step Parenting or on FB at Maria Nadipov. And share this episode with your partner, relatives, and friends whose child is struggling academically or is stressed out about starting the college application process. We appreciate your efforts in helping us support step parents just like you nationwide. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry. We'll include instructions in the show notes. And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. 
John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. 